Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. You see yourself as the clubster. Grumpy, <laughs> <laughs> a man apart. Yeah, it's 11 in a row for you, much like it's 7 in a row for Cluxton. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Off the Ball Daily. Hey, you're very welcome back. We're looking forward to the All-Ireland Camogie Finals, which take place this weekend. It's an unusual start time for the senior final. Cork against Waterford getting underway at 5pm. 2.45 start. One team will be going up this season from intermediate to senior because it's Meath against Derry. And the All-Ireland Camogie Premier Junior Final is going to be a Munster derby between the second teams from Clare and Tipperary. That game gets underway at 10 to 1. We're going to be focusing on the senior final. It is a novel pairing since 2012. It's been dominated the final by three teams in Galway, Kilkenny and Cork. Waterford in the Camogie final for the first time in 78 years following their one point win against their neighbours Tipperary in the semi-finals. 28 times champions Cork will be looking to put the last two years of disappointment behind them. Uh, They've beaten the last two champions on their route to getting to the final in Galway and Kilkenny and they are hoping to lift the O'Duffy Cup for the first time since 2018. Delighted to say I have in studio with me the former Dublin manager Adrian O'Sullivan. How are you going, Adrian? Yeah, flying it well. And I'd like to say Anya Keane from Galway, who Adrian's been working with this year with the Galway backroom team is with us as well. How are you, Anya? Hi, guys. How are you? Um, good to be here. Adrian, how good has Anya been this season? We were talking before we came on that she's kind of changed roles up. Picked on the um, All-Stars third-level team of the year in the forwards, but yet can also play well in defence. Yeah, look, it's a very, very difficult thing to do at inter-county level to switch positions. Um, so, look... Anya had a very difficult task this year going back, going back and uh, adapting quickly after a, a career uh, with Thomas's and uh, with UL in, in Galway underage and playing in the forward. So yeah, she did uh, did very, very well now. I know she'd be embarrassed now listening to that, but uh, I think it was plain to see anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> plain to see in her performances. I don't think uh, anyone needs me to tell them that, that she did very well this year in fairness, yeah. Anya, no need to be embarrassed whatsoever. <laughs> Is it harder to play corner forward or in the half-back line? I think it's hard to play in corner forward, but no, I, I actually enjoyed the, the new experience of playing my back this year and I suppose it kind of changed up for me and, and a new perspective um, on my role in the forward and maybe the difference, uh, the easier maybe the forwards have it of, of not having to chase people around the pitch, but um, no, I, I enjoyed it and it, it was a good uh, refresher, we we'll, we'll call it, um, as to where I can actually maybe play backs or forwards and be a versatile player, so... No, I enjoyed it so far, yeah. Maybe it might continue on from next year, you never know. <laughs> there you go, putting the hand up to stay in the half-back line for next season. It is one of those as well, Anya, when you play in that position, you're going to get in a lot of ball. If you're playing corner forward, you're reliant on the supply which is coming into you. You can almost kind of drive forward and have plenty of field in front of you at wing-back. Yeah, it's it's a completely different, um, different role to play in. Like, I suppose, when I was playing half-forward with um, Goy throughout the league, I suppose I was kind of dropping back more into half back line, so I, I was kind of used to that role. But um, no, definitely changing to half back. You have the whole field in front of you, um, and it definitely opens up a lot more for you. And you, you have a different task in your hands. But no, I enjoyed it, and as I said, it might hopefully might continue on next year. But um, it was a while since I played there, so yeah, different, different, uh, <laughs> a different role. But no, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, right, yeah. Adrian, has circumstances been slightly different? Could have been talking to the two of you, but getting ready for an All Ireland final this weekend, uh, given Galway's consistency over the last few years as well. Um, you found yourselves in a difficult side of the draw to know that in a semi final you were going to have Cork or Kilkenny. Turns out to be Cork, and Cork have battled in a very, very hard side of the draw to get to Crow Park on Sunday, haven't they? Yeah, no, look, they've definitely come the hard route. Um, I was reading a few articles there this week. Um, Jeremy McCarthy and these lads down in Cork. I think a lot of people in Cork would have written off Cork Camogie this year. 
Um, you know, I suppose they were beaten in the league final, uh, beaten quite comprehensively in Munster, even though I suppose the Munster competition doesn't really feed into the All Ireland. And then came down to Athen Ryan, were beaten by us in the in the first round of the championship as well, and then drew Kilkenny in the quarter final. So, like they've really come the hard road this year. Um, and I suppose we'll talk about maybe what potential outcomes there later. But um, I do think it'll stand to them because Joe, you know, they've had to show huge resilience um, in the route that they've taken and. You know, like if I suppose people in Camogie talk about the big three, you know, and it, it's kind of usually Galway, Cork, and Kilkenny. So they've had to beat Galway and and Kilkenny to get to the final. So um, anytime you do that, you you can definitely say they've come the hard route for sure. Yeah, mm. it means they're tried and tested, doesn't it? Like mm. um, we even look at Galway this year is a horrible run they were on against Galway Cork. They hadn't won yeah. their last eight matches even yeah. three times in the last calendar year. Uh, they had played and not beaten Galway. Yeah, no, uh, you don't need to remind us of that. Um, I think it's fair to say myself and Anya swapped those three wins to be uh, heading into Crow Park now on Sunday. Um, they caught us at the right time. Actually, no, not caught us is the wrong word. They beat us at the right time, you know. Um, they were they were deserving winners on the day. There's no no question of that. Um, but yeah, they, I think they. I could be wrong though, but going back to 2017, possibly they hadn't beaten uh, Galway in the in any competition. So um, I suppose for us, it came at the at the wrong time for them to get the monkey off the back. But um, um, I, I do feel that that having got that monkey off the back and having beaten Kilkenny in the quarter final and come that long road, as you say, I think they're in great shape going into to Sunday. You know, they must be brimming with confidence. And I'll go on, yeah, I'll tell you better now, having experienced it on the field, but I felt they were very hungry that day in the semi final in, in Kilkenny. They they really looked like a group who were on a mission. And um, I suppose a lot of that comes from, from taking those knocks during the year and kind of bouncing back and, and that energy that gives a group, you know. Oni, did you get that feeling from the semi-final as well? I know hunger won't win a game in and of itself, but um, what did you think was the reason that Cork got past you this time? No, oh, definitely. Um, I think having beaten them, I think as you're right, Adrian says 2017, um, if I think it was eight matches we played against them, seven we won, one draw. So like, look, for us, it was always going to come probably at some stage, but uh, definitely at last Saturday week um, you can feel it you can feel it that they just wanted it more than us probably um, they were hungry um, every 50-50 ball you know they seem to win it now I don't know the stats and that but um, just from playing you kind of yeah you, you always felt like we were on the back foot with them on our fairness their work rate and everything um, put them in that position so um, it's unfortunate you obviously don't want to be on that team that, that loses them um, eventually but Look, we'll take that we'll goal again next year, hopefully, when it comes to it. But for them, they were deserving winners, 100% against us. Um, it was, look at us, we bet them three times this year. But at the end of the day, so, as Adrian said, they bet us when it, when it, when it, when it, when it meant the most. Like, so, yeah, look, at um, they definitely, they were definitely hungry. And they'll bring that into the next stage. You know, they, they'll fear nothing. Um, as Adrian mentioned there, they bet, Car- they bet um, Kilkenny in the quarter final. They would have had the harder run, I would say, yes. Um, beating the big teams, um, even against Clare, you know, they're down to QC Park and gave Clare a good beating and we ended up betting by three points. So look at they had a great run. Um they continued in the semi final. They brought their A game against us. It was hard on the pitch. Uh as I said like they won most fifty fifty balls, I I think anyways. Um and yeah, they'll do you know they have great confidence going into uh, Sunday, and why wouldn't they? As such, you know. Yeah, it is di- sometimes about timing your run when it comes to this. <laughs> and in Waterford's case, this is quite an impressive run they've been on. 
uh, if you take it, they were in the intermediate final back in 2015. And yeah. now here they are in 2023 in a senior final. Half a million won since the end of the Second World War. So <laughs> that probably puts it in context of yeah. what they achieved with that win against Tipperary in the semis. But yeah. um, is it fair to say this has been like a very recent success at Waterford or you've managed against them now in various different guises in recent years? Has yeah. this actually been coming for a while for the day? Yeah, it's like anything they say, any overnight success takes 20 years, isn't it? But um, no, I, I don't think it's fair to say Waterford is an overnight success. Um, I suppose, look... One you'll know from being in UL as well. I was the Ashburn manager in UL, kind of like 2018, 2019, and um, there was a lot of talk when we were looking to do our recruitment of this kind of crop of players that was coming in Waterford. And the school down there, St Angela's, had won the B or Ireland, and then went on and won the A or Ireland the following year. And that had been kind of a monopoly of the likes of President Athenroy and Loretto and Kikini and stuff like that. So they broke that monopoly, and then they went on and won a Munster Minor A as well. And you're kind of looking at players that have come through there, like say Kate Lynch. Uh, Annie Fitzgerald, Abby Flynn, these kind of players all came through that group. Um, and obviously in UL then at the time we had Beth Carton, um, who was already a superstar at that stage. So she got me out of uh, plenty of holes in, in backwaters up and down the country in the winter in college games. Is that the trick about being a good manager? Absolutely. Having good players? 100%. <laughs> no question whatsoever. I, I, would, I would argue to the death of anyone who says otherwise. Yeah, it's all about having the players. No question whatsoever. Um, but like then next thing like you know Annie and Kate and these these players are coming in and we got a first year intake that was Annie Fitzgerald, Kate Lynch and Siobhan McGrath from Galway and so they were the standout players and we won in Ashbourne with four Waterford players on the team so like you could kind of see that there was something happening in Waterford Roisin Hartley had a couple of minor teams there um, that did really well we got the kind of the quarter final semi-finals we got to another minor final this year um, and then even if you look at their senior managers kind of along the way they've had Don O'Rourke as their manager for a few years he's now the Cork senior hurling coach they had Derek Lyons who was the won uh, like various competitions Waterford under 21 minor he's Fergal O'Brien yes yeah, yeah. Fergal O'Brien you know um, Dan Shanahan these guys all coached them so I think they've been maturing and coming along for a while now and then obviously Sean Power has a great record in Waterford as well and has a good managing team around him so no, I think to the uninitiated, I suppose it might look like they've kind of come out of nowhere, but um, this has been building for a while, I think, um, down in Waterford, and, and they do seem to have a good crop of young players coming through after this as well, so they could be around for a while, yeah. Yeah, um, for them to get to the final, obviously it's going to be a huge experience for them, mm-hmm. but when you get to a final, you may as well try and convert it. It doesn't have to be about the experience of getting to it. Waterford should yeah. be all out gunning for this, even though Cork are favourites. Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, um, you can't, when you get to a final for the first time, you can't think, yeah, we'll, we'll go and experience it and sure, we'll be back again. Like, it's a cutthroat championship, you know, the Camogie championship as well, the way it is, with three groups of four. You know, you could be inside in a group next year with Cork or Galway or, or Kilkenny and then come out into a quarter final against one of them as well. And it, a lot of it depends on the draw, you know. So, like, I think they will be talking about taking their chance on Sunday and not about, look, let's go for the experience, you know. And, Look, you've players, you're very experienced players in that dressing room, like Lorraine Bray, Beck Carton, all these, Joe, like Abby Flynn, Joe's like an international basketball player and Camogie superstar and all that. Like they've, they've got players who are used to performing at an elite level and winning at an elite level, and I don't think they'll have any thoughts in their heads only going to take that cup on Sunday, to be honest. Like so. Mm. Anya, did you get the feeling this? I mean, you would have uh, hurled along some of these players at college level. Did you feel this was a water for team that was coming over the last few years as well? Yeah, I totally agree with Adrian. Um, Look at I, like I can I really I have obviously we haven't played this year right but like I can speak from uh, playing with the girls Newell in um, Kate and Annie, uh, Mairead and Rachel they're top class players in every way their work rate they're fantastic athletes fantastic skill sets um, so like while they are young they I think Adrian agreed with this they are 
probably one of some of the most experienced players in that Waterford team. Like, look, Kate Lynch, the last day against Tipperary, I thought she stood up and she was immaculate. Um, like any dual player, and she's doing fantastic. Do you know, like, so the next day, yes, um, they're going to have to go up against it, but I think Miranda Bryan was unreal last day as well. So, like, if them girls stand up, which I know they can and I know they will, and um, yes, it's a massive day for them. Like, it's an all Ireland final day, but it's all Ireland's there to win, and I think they'll know that, and they won't. Like, I, I hope they'll go out and they'll just enjoy it because that's the main thing. You're going to draw a final. Like, you have been there in 75 years. None of the players on that Waterford team have ever experienced that, you know, senior Ireland final day. So, um, it's massive for them. Um, but as you said, like, the likes of Beth Carton, Lorraine Bray, Eve Rocket, they're all highly experienced players. They'll know their way around um, Bow Park and look at, they'll lead their team and that's all you can ask. And as I said, the four girls, yes, they may be young, but They'll fit in just fine, um, and they'll yeah, it'll be a great it'll be a great match. But Waterford, they have a good mixture between young young players and experienced players. And I said there's Waterford, you know, got some minor final this year as well. So there is players coming as well, and that's great to see. Mm. Good sprinkling there, Adrian, of star players across the team for Waterford coming into the weekend. But if you're Cork, do you look at Beck Carton and you say I'm going to deploy someone on her and shut her down in the hope that you can maybe shut down the way to Waterford play? Yeah, I think you have to. You know, um, it's like you know, it's like Claire with Tony Kelly. It's that argument. You know, let Limerick take the risk every time they play them of not shutting him down and kind of hope to outgun him at the other end. You know, we'll score one more than you, kind of a thing. But I think uh, a lot of teams when they when they play Claire will 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 designate a man marker on Tony Kelly. And I think Cork and Efe Healy have the player to do it. You know, um, she's a fantastic young player. She's probably operating under the radar a little bit this year in in that she's maybe not a. Uh, not a flash player compared to, to others that make impact in games but um, she's a phenomenal athlete plays in the football team as well and like I've seen her this year be comfortable in the full back line in midfield in the half back line and I think like Beth is very very smart and if, if she feels that she's getting marked out of a game she'll try and bring her opponent down into an area of the pitch where she's not comfortable and try and try and edge the game um, in her own favour that way and I think for that reason alone I think Aoife Healy is the perfect player to pick her up because she will be comfortable in other parts of the field and then I'd imagine Cork will just adjust slightly then with their other with their other five backs and uh, and kind of move around. They have a lot of players that are kind of comfortable in different positions there in in that back line. So um, yeah, I think they'll have no choice but to go after Beth because like she's a big player, big game player. I think that twenty fifteen or Ireland you mentioned, I think she was only sixteen and she was she was one of the players of the games. You know, so she'd have no fear of Crow Park either. Um, and look, as I say, you're talking about pick a player like she always delivered for me on the big day as well. Um, she was always the one you you just knew that she was going to deliver. Like so, um, I think they'll have no choice but to but to try and shut her down. Really, to be honest, you know. Waterford probably will want her with the ball in hand as close to the opposition goal as possible. But is she comfortable if it comes to a case that a player or two players start coming in on top for that she's happy enough to drift around? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, early in the season, um, she didn't play that close to goal at all. Um, she kind of played centre forward but dropping out into midfield and they did have her playing that playmaker role where they were trying to get her on the ball as much as possible and I suppose they had more forwards inside you know like uh, Abby Flynn and Annie Fitzgerald and Eve Rocket all have serious pace Maria O'Brien so they were happy for Beth to get on the ball and 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 pull the strings and play that playmaker role you know but in the semi-final in against Tipperary 
um, when they really needed to they pushed straight to the full forward line and, and that was where they got the most return from her so um, I suppose a lot of it will depend on how Waterford set up if they set up with a sweeper there probably isn't much point having Beth inside in the full forward line with Laura Tracy covering off in front of her you know you're cutting off your nose to spite your face if they push up and play 15 on 15 you could see Beth inside in the full forward line for a good chunk of the game alright yeah Laura Tracy's one of those kind of great readers of the game as well very difficult to get the ball past her yeah she's class uh, like she's she plays the game very much in the Declan Hannon style um, and that's not to do any disservice to Laura but comparing her to Declan you could compare Declan to Laura as well um, she's very happy even playing 15 on 15 to just sit off the sit off the centre forward and sit back and cover but I think her biggest strength is on the transition is like the Cork defenders know to look for that she's always going in support she's a very accurate stick passer and she just gets the ball to see her McCarthy, Laura Hayes all these players and just gives them that platform to attack in so like a lot of how Waterford are going to go about winning this game is going to depend on what position or what I suppose role they allow Laura Tracy to have in the game for sure yeah mm. Ani you've faced it I watched the last two games yep. on the TV the quarter final and semi final when this Cork team gets running at you and they use their physicality and they use their pace it's very very hard to stop isn't it oh it's 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 immaculate like the running game is, is immense but I think if Waterford can stay disciplined in tracking them runners they'll have a chance um, like as Adrian was on about there uh, in Laura Tracy like her distribution is unbelievable second to none um, like her, she can play down the line she can give a simple hand pass stick pass to hand or she can play an unbelievable diagonal ball and that kind of takes the defence out of it you know and she can play at the, that diagonal ball from her own 45-65 you know there's no limit to her ability um, which is huge for Cork and it's massive and I think the next day she will be the building platform. It'll start with her and it'll work its way up. But yeah, when they're running at you, their physicality, their speed, it's 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 hard to stop. But if Waterford can just kind of get that right, and as you're on a bet there a while ago, like if they can, if if, if it's Ethan Healy that picks her up or whoever it is, um, you know, if if Waterford get their man marking right and if um, Cork can get theirs right, it'll be, it'll be quite a good game uh, to watch. But Definitely Cork's, Cork's running game. Like I see Kate Lynch probably pushing out a small bit. Uh, maybe even his half-back line. Or half, yeah, half-back line. Uh, maybe Cleena Healy might start. I don't know. But they need pace in that half-back line to be able to track them runners and then inside hopefully not leave too much space because it's hard. Like Just talking from, speaking from experience um, from the last day, Cork, their half-forwards, they push out so far. They look deep, go deep for that, looking for the ball and then they transition and it's like all that Space is left in behind us in with a full back line and the and full forward line. And if Warfram cut out that space and stop that supply going into the full forward line, they'll stand a chance. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But uh, definitely, definitely, if they can cut off the supply at the start, and I think that'll start with Laura Tracy, if they can cut off that supply, Warfram will, uh, will, will, will do well. Mm. That's why I know, Sajan, when they kind of wrestled control against Kilkenny, that Cork didn't mind coming back a little bit deep being in a position to counter-attack and then they used the ball very cleverly to move it up to the other end and like, they were very effective particularly when they went on a bit of a scoring run in that game as well there's just this feeling that right when they're dialed in they're a very very hard team to stop yeah look they've been playing that same style for a long time you know um, like they've had I suppose the benefit of the continuity of having Paddy Murray there for so long he kind of brought that running game to, to Camogie and they had massive success off the back of that and then 
like Matthew Toomey took over and he'd been involved with Pawdy so there's that bit of continuity there as well and you got Liam Cronin in as a coach and he's a very very good coach and his style of play with like any club and county teams is to go through the lines and transition the ball as well so I suppose they've had the benefit of, of knowing their game plan so well from all that continuity there um, but like they're so so good at it and even if you play UCC in Ashburn or you go down and watch the Cork Miners play they all play the same way like so it's kind of they nearly have this I suppose uh, academy system like in a professional football team where the teams are all playing the same way and just the players just fit into the system so well um, that's very very hard to counteract you know if if you push up 15 of 15 against them as Anya said there you're in danger of leaving serious space inside for, for Mackey and Amy O'Connor and these and, and if you sit back and play a sweeper well, Laura Tracy's going to get on a world of ball and give them a huge attacking platform so like if, if Waterford are to stay in this game down the stretch on Sunday they'll have to get that right you know, or, um, if they don't they could be in serious trouble mm. Only mentioned the importance of trying to cut off the supply and not allowing Cork to maybe work those attacks out and to hurt you like that mm. If you're Waterford, what is your approach to that? Is that just down to kind of discipline? And I don't mean in terms of fouling, but probably discipline yeah. positionally across the pitch as well. Yeah, look, on you hit the nail on the head there a second ago. It's it's about players going with the runners, you know, trying not to allow the overlap um, and be very, very disciplined. And look, that's a hard thing to do, um, especially inside in Crow Park. And I'm sure Waterford will bring a huge crowd with them. They had a massive crowd them down in Nolan Park, and um, the whole county seems to be behind them and you know, the noise. and when you're out in the pitch in Crow Park, even when you're doing warm-ups and stuff like that, the player 20 yards away can't hear what you're saying, you know, so like communication comes into it an awful lot and organisation and, and discipline and tracking runners and all that and it's very, very difficult to, to get right and I suppose the one fear you'd have for Waterford is they haven't really played against that style yet this year, you know, they, they kind of came through the group winning each game by, by cricket scores really, to be fair and um, Tipperary play a much more direct style of play where it's it's trying to hit the full forward and Grace O'Brien caught the van um, so that is the one worry you'd have for Waterford is like, you know, are, are they ready for what they're going to face here with this running game and have they had enough practice at, at, at counteracting it, you know, so um, but yeah, Cork are so slick at it, like it's it's actually very good to watch, you know, like they, they, they have serious athleticism as well um, I suppose they're, they're lucky that the players they have coming through from underage, like Cecilia McCarthy, Laura Hayes um, Fiona Keating that they fit into the system so well because of their athleticism you know like it, you could easily get athletic players into a system and the style doesn't suit them but like they're just ready made for it and um, yeah look I think um, their, their style of play is really really good to watch and, and Matthew has done a great job in not tearing up the script from what Paddy had but managing to put his own stamp on it and develop them and, and allowing that continuity as well so yeah he's done a great job with them to, to, to keep that identity and style but putting his own twist on it as well mm. It's not Waterford's fault only the way that the draw worked out and the teams that they've played to get to an All-Ireland final but in some ways is there a concern maybe that they wouldn't be as battle-hardened as Cork have had to be on the other side? Um, I'd say yes and no to that like as in Yes, they got a, an easy, some would say an easier run into an order final. But at the end of the day, when you look back, yeah, okay, they're actually undefeated. I'm pretty sure, apart from the Munster, uh, yeah, their Munster game against Tipperary, I think they're undefeated, uh, obviously mm-hmm. undefeated in the league and undefeated in the championship. So like that's massive for them, you know. That's that's huge. So they would take huge confidence from that. Um, but yes, they put up uh, huge scores and won games in their championship. Um, by you know good tallies, but that Ireland semi-final against Tipperary, I think silenced any any of that kind of uh, maybe thoughts that maybe they weren't wouldn't be ready for wouldn't be ready for a battle. So Tipperary bet them, I think, well in that Munster Championship game, if I'm correct. So to turn that around, be after being beaten well by Tipperary, turn it around and we'll say a month or two later, 
go out and beat Tipperary by a point in the Ireland semi-final, I think that stands to them massively. So, no, I, th- I think they're ready for it. I think their their work rate uh, and everything will bring a, a, a good battle to Cork. And I think they'll fear, as I said, I think they'll fear nothing. So, yeah, I know I, I think they don't mightn't have had as many hard games as Cork, but no, I think they're, I think that Tipperary game was sent to them and they're ready to go on Sunday. Mm. It shows Adrian they can win slightly differently too. Like early in the year, this Waterford team were aligned a bit in their firepower. They were banging in goals and then you win a proper arm wrestle against your neighbours in the semi-final to qualify. Totally different circumstance. Yeah, no, look, I suppose I've, I love researching kind of um, bits and pieces around identity of teams and you know, coaches take over teams there and can you tap into the local identity you know, and what the fabric of these teams are. Um, they have a lot of friends down in Waterford over the years and if you think about what what is the fabric of, of, of Waterford and if you go back to the teams they had in the 90s and into the into the kind of 2000s, like they were always fought to the death but they always played with a swagger and a confidence and a kind of a collar up kind of a swashbuckling style and I think the last day down in Olin Park it was it was unbelievable like just the crowd they had were just chanting Waterford, Waterford, Waterford and you could see the, the confidence was coming in Waterford and the backs were up and like you know I think definitely they have come a slightly different route but I don't think they will lack for confidence because of that I think they have this Waterford people have this natural kind of a swagger and like I think Limerick people have it as well it, it comes from having a city in your in your county I think as well there's that bit of a kind of a city attitude and it's like you know I think they, they'll they be going in there fully expecting to win like I don't think I, I doubt they'll be listening to this anyway I certainly wouldn't be if I was involved but even if they are listening to this I, I'd say they, they won't care one jot about us talking about them coming in with a with a handy uh, draw or like that, I think they will be they will be fully confident. If you have to look as well, Paul Flynn is in their backroom team. You know, probably the one of the most uh, majestic hurlers of all time, and the swagger that he played with, and uh, like the bigger the stage, the the more he liked it. You know, and I'm sure that'll rub off on the players as well. And they won't have one bit of fear coming in, or they won't be certainly won't be talking about the fact that Cork have beaten Galway and Kilkenny to get to this final. I think they'll bring that kind of a natural confidence that, that Waterford people have and they'll bring that to Crow Park on Sunday I think If you were managing Waterford at the moment would you be tapping into the excitement of the last couple of weeks or would you be trying to play it down because I was reading some of their interviews in the local papers earlier on today ahead of us having the yeah. chat and they were all talking about you know the, the great crowd that's coming up and their parents are buying the tickets and yeah. Yeah, they want to have most of the 30,000 in the ground at the weekend and that's understandable and you saw the emotional reaction of the players uh, down their knees on the pitch after they qualified yeah. If you're a manager are you trying to play that down or would you tap into it and go this is um, great energy I think th- there's probably two answers to that. I think you're trying to play down the distractions. So I suppose in our, at our Ireland final weekend, the distractions are where are we staying on the Sunday night? What are we wearing on the Monday? Like, you know, these are the things that you don't think of, you know, like it, pre- press interviews popping up. Are we doing interviews? Are we not doing interviews? Who's doing the interviews? I think if if the management team travel arrangements, so are we going up to Saturday night? Are we, what are we doing? Are we staying the Sunday? These are all things that can drain people and, and they can often drain a leadership group as well because they'll be involved in the decision making. I think if their management have handled that well and they kind of have all that boxed off early last week or into the middle of last week and have those distractions parked away, I think that's important. But then you have to tap into the excitement. I mean, like, like Joe, I read a quote there a few months ago and it just resonated with me. It's like, there's so many things in life that will try and knock you down. You know, why would you try and bring people back down to earth? Like, you know, let them enjoy it. Um, like tap into the excitement of it, the energy of it. Like th- the crowd that was in Nolan Park the last day definitely helped Waterford in the closing stages of that game. So I think they should embrace that, embrace the excitement. And again, it's part of their identity to go and play with a swagger. And so you know, that's like 
the likes of Eddie Fitzgerald these they they have all their relations with a play with Bally Gunner and Watford and all this over the years and they've been part of all these big occasions and colourful occasions and I was saying yeah look let's box off all the stuff that has to be done all the admin all the all the logistics all that let's get that out of the way so that's not a stress and it's not a distraction but then by all means embrace it and go for it and, and enjoy it for what it is um, definitely 100% yeah Anya how are you on big game weeks then? Me personally? Yeah <laughs> uh, look at um, I suppose every, everyone is different uh, but I just on that there now like say for Waterford I think like yeah, they'll definitely have to deal with the as Adrian said about you know, where they're staying and all that stuff. That'll be done last week. That'll be all dealt with earlier on the week. Um and they won't be thinking about that because that's but I think it's important that they, you know, buy into whether it's meet and greets or stuff like that, because that's as hugely important for progression of Camogie and Waterford and for any county. Joe, you know, when you when you get to an all in final stage of that and you have you'll say you're you're going to the big days or the big pitches and whatever, like they need to, you know, invite the girls or boys or everyone into it, that kind of environment and to kind of feed off that excitement they have, you know. And for them, it might even relax them, you know, to... But they'll be, they'll be getting excited. They'll be getting um, ready for ready for what's ahead of them. But it's I think it's massive that they, you know, enjoy Sunday because it doesn't come around every year and you don't always get that chance. So for them... Like if they're if they're going to be nervous, of course they are. But I think for the most thing they have to be they have to be excited. But for me personally, uh, I wouldn't be the best in the group now for nerves <laughs> and stuff uh, dealing with. I think Adrian might tell you that I wouldn't be the best at all. Um, I'd be quite nervous uh, before games, especially big games. Um, well, over the years, I suppose I've learned to deal with that. And two different people and different experiences, um, it's all helped. And it, I, I am maturing as a as a player too. So. Hopefully, maybe ten years time. If you ask me that question again, I'd say, yeah, no problem at all. I'm, I'm way better now. But um, no, it's only normal to have nerves, and nerves are a good thing. It means you're alert to what's going on and everything. So they'll be excited, but they'll also be nervous, probably more than likely. But uh, no, it, it's good. And that lead up to an honor final, I, like I remember in 2021, I was part of the panel, uh, Goy panel, um, just extended member. But like I'll never forget the last two weeks training before the honor final. The buzz around the place was, was something else. It was um, quite exceptional, to be honest, and something I never, I'll never forget uh, for a very long time to come. So I think for them, it'll be surreal, but it'll they'll take it all in and and definitely their memories for the rest of their lives. You know. Yeah, we will take a very short break. When we come back, we'll break down how the game is going to be won and lost on Sunday evening. Welcome back. Ony Keane and Adrian O'Sullivan still here with me. We're taking a look forward to the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Final at the weekend where Cork will take on Waterford 5pm start at Croke Park on Sunday evening. Adrian, I want to ask you about Cork's strength and depth because this potentially could be very important coming down the stretch. And I was listening to Sarah Donovan on OTBAM this morning and she was pointing out we have to wait till the team is named. But <laughs> potentially there could be three, maybe four All-Stars on the Cork bench this weekend. That is what she described as a bomb squad that you can potentially bring on at some point. That if the game does stretch and if the, maybe it's required late on that you need to send on some experience and players have been there, done that, already picked up a Celtic cross, Cork have that in reserve. Yeah, these Limerick's uh, 
dominance is really permeating society now if uh, Sarah's using the bomb squad phrase and that I, she's a pr- proud Cork woman now but I'd be able to have that over and out she's using that Limerick uh, the Limerick phrase but um, yeah look whatever way Cork go about picking their team I think I saw Matthew Toomey had an article there during the week he said oh, he, had, he had a selection headache and I can tell you <laughs> that's not a selection headache a selection headache is when you have nine or ten picked and you don't know who to put <laughs> you're looking around you're going have we five more at all uh, if you're picking from 19 or 20 that's not a selection headache you know that you're, you have the other four to, to come on and, and finish strong and like Cork could conceivably pick a team here for Sunday whereby they're going to finish stronger than they start and, and that that is a possibility you know um, like the last day against us blowing Kilkenny they brought on like Chloe Sigerson is phenomenal player wasn't going that well they brought on Kleena Healy who'd been one of their best players all through the league you know, just straight away at half time didn't even have to think about it and then Ashley Thompson Laura Hayes Orla Cronin all came on as subs you know? so like they have serious strength and depth and look credit to Matthew it's for rare for a team to have that kind of veteran talent available to come off the bench as well yeah, like generally yeah. your experienced players you want them from the start when you can turn around and pick players that have been there and done that that makes a big difference it is you know, look maybe some of it's a product of circumstance as well you know, Thompson is coming back from, from a long term injury or the Cronin didn't play last year um, so it, it, maybe some of it is you know, sometimes you have to be lucky you know, the best decisions fall into your lap sometimes and it could be just the case that Joe, these players kind of coming back into the scene slowly has allowed them to hold them back and use them in this manner they, they might necessarily have gone about it by design if they had them all available at the start of the year um, but certainly they're in a fantastic position now and look obviously we'll have to wait and see what, what team is named but um, Joe, as I said they'll have Kleena Healy Laura Hayes Orla Crone and Ashley Thompson who all came on played really really well in the semi-final knocking on the door so um, with any squad you have, if if you have nineteen or twenty to pick from, you're laughing. Is usually it's it's eighteen or nineteen, you know, or seventeen or eighteen. So, yeah, look, the big big strength and depth, and look, I think that's probably an advantage they have over Waterford. And Joe, it's a bit of a contrast, isn't it, where you're it having is. a lot of young players on the Waterford bench, likely. Yeah, look, I suppose you have that situation there in Waterford where I suppose we played Waterford in the championship last year, and Vicky Faulkner was playing corner back or corner forward, and now she's playing corner back, and like. It's very, very difficult, as you will know, when you're going from half half forward, half back isn't too bad because I suppose you spend a lot of your time in that part of the pitch anyway as a half forward. Playing corner back at county level is very, very different to playing corner forward and um, I suppose nowhere will, will put a spotlight on you and on your ability to do that, like Croke Park on our Ireland final day and she'll be picking up Amy O'Connor, Katrina Mackey and you know, like that, that, is, that is probably a little bit of a worry for Waterford and if you look at there during the year, Leisha Forrest came straight out of the minor team and, and went in centre back into the into the senior team for a couple of games. And while that would have been common enough in Camogie maybe seven, eight years ago, the likes of Josh Siobhan McGraw would have come straight into senior at 17, Beck Carton, these kind of players, Amy O'Connor. Um, it just doesn't happen as much anymore because just the physicality of the game has changed and strength and condition and all that. So, like, for me, that could be a red flag or an alarm bell ringing going, geez, is there that? bit of a lack in depth in Waterford that they had to throw minor players straight into centre back now don't get me wrong Leash Forrest fantastic players seen her playing minor nearly three years ago I'd say she was only been 15 against Dublin and we were looking at the Dublin minors coming through and she was top class like but I just think when, when you compare that to the experience and the strength that Cork have on their bench like definitely that is that is an advantage Cork really yeah can you give me a bit of an insight into that physicality? Because you've imagined now for a while. Mm. I was talking to Michaela Morkin when she retired just over a year ago, and yeah. she was saying she's playing inter-county since she was 14. 
So she, was, <laughs> so she was beyond a veteran when she was retiring at 30 years of age. She kind of yeah. saw 30 almost as a round number because she'd been playing for 15, 16 seasons. And she'd yeah. won summer in America and that was it. And she was saying that's more than most players would accumulate, even, <laughs> you know, if they were in their late 30s. Yeah. Um, obviously, very, very different times when someone who's still in school was able to come onto a senior team at that stage. Yeah. Because of the demands, I'm, I'm guessing that's not really possible anymore. No, look, Camogie is in an evolutionary stage, I feel. Um, I suppose... Th- like every sport goes through that stage where it's it's going along I suppose in its amateur phase and then five or six teams decide to take it really really seriously and they go ahead from the rest and I suppose the first time I got an inkling of it we played we were playing Ashburn game on a Wednesday and there'd be National League on a Sunday when I was in UL and I remember coming into the gym we brought the players in for for um, just a stretching session because a lot most of them would have played National League on the Sunday and uh, Laura Freeney and Eve Hannafy off the Galway panel were inside doing like full Olympic lifting session and I was like geez what's going on here like this is unheard of and like pretty much everyone in the room was just looking at him going like you played a game yesterday what are you doing and obviously Cahill and, and Robbie had, had Galway kind of a, a step ahead there at that stage and, and they obviously reaped the rewards for it I think all the counties have probably all the top counties definitely have, have implemented that um, I know in Dublin we put a huge emphasis on it for, for, for the couple of years that we were there as well so um, like the players are have never been as well conditioned right and and like the gym numbers and everything are just are just going going through the roof you know I suppose where the frustration will come in and maybe Owen is a little bit better to to give you a proper insight into this but for me as a coach and I've gotten trouble for saying this before the frustration kind of comes in with the implementation of the rules and some referees allow more physicality and others don't and I suppose the frustration comes in with the players then as well as they're putting so much work in to the physical side of the game and maybe they're not being being allowed to use it but it's I suppose yeah it's like it's it's we don't open that old tin of worms again I certainly uh, don't want to get the wrath of the Kogi Association down on me again by, by going over but look I suppose to, to answer your question the, the players have never been in better condition physically um, from a fitness point of view from a strength point of view no question you can see that in the quality of the games as well um, I suppose the, there is that bit of consistency in the rules and in defence of the referees the rule is a bit wishy-washy like I think for rules to work they have to be black or white you can either do something or you can't I think the wording of the rule itself is open to interpretation and if yep. something is open to interpretation it'll be interpreted differently by different people so um, yeah Look, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I've answered your question there you, oh, you, I, I think you, you, get, you fed me the you fed me the old physicality one oh, there and I went off on a rant and I, I think what's happened is you've reopened <laughs> the wounds of last year's All-Ireland Final where yeah. I think a lot of observers were generally quite confused when they went oh that to me looks like a totally fair tackle yeah. the rules of engagement are being ruled in this way at one point of the match and next yeah. thing other challenges are ending up in freeze and everyone gets a bit frustrated yeah. But it is the perfect time to ask Gony about it because <laughs> as a player, how are you finding it? Because the last few years, nearly every player that I talk to say, I love the increased physicality that's started to come around with the way that they've been looking at the rules. But yes, I still feel sometimes that too many frees are called. Yeah, I would be totally for increasing the physicality. <laughs> like, um, as Adrian said, it's, it's a black or white line. It's you either can't, you can't. And there's too many interpretations of it. I would be fully for full contact. Um, I think it's needed to be honest, uh, because it's like, as we were saying there, it's not the referee's fault whether they give it or they don't. You know, they're not being told, not being told, but their rules are, they can interpret it different. So um, for me, I think it has to be a case of full contact. Um, I think we're able for it. I don't think it's a case of that, you know, one team might be more, beneficial by full contact than others I think every team is kind of getting to the same level um, so yeah no, I, I'd be fully for full contact because it's just it, there's too much 
kind of inconsistency, I think, now obviously I don't want to be speaking out of turn, but I, or speaking on things that I'm not really up to date with, but as a player, it's just can be very frustrating when, you know, one day you'll do a challenge and the next day you do the same challenge, and, but it's a free the next day and you're like, well, I've done the same thing last week. Do you know, so there's just no consistency with it. So I think the only way you can get rid of that is full contact. And as I said, like physically, the physicality of Camogie has changed. Even, okay, I'm, this is my second year playing senior into county. I played intermediate the year before and I played uh, intermediate the year before that. So I think in Goy, we're, we're blessed that we have um, the intermediate platform to build players to, you know, it's a stepping stone. And, you know, even the change, the difference from senior to intermediate is still, in my opinion, is huge. Um, I think all the girls that came from the intermediate team that won dollar last year, they got to see that the difference uh, when they're playing senior this year. So um, I think go, we're very lucky that we do have intermediate as seven so on. And I was lucky I played a year and a half. Obviously, COVID kind of cut one of them short, but I got a full year of intermediate four, uh, making that transformation into a senior player. So that that has helped. Um, but yeah, no, definitely it's it, it's changing every year. And even if you look back to five years ago, as Adrian was on about there, Neve Hanfi and stuff, but like, Gym wasn't really heard of five years ago for for players to go into the gym. Do you know, there was no such thing as gym and twice a week or even 10 years ago. There was no such thing as gym twice a week or whatever. So that is every year that's changing and that's getting more more part of our, we'll say, training plan and physicality is increasing. But I think you have to just kind of let it go now and, and say, yeah, full mm-hmm. contact. So then the referees, you know, they'll be happier, I feel like, with that because at least it'll either be black or white. It'll be the challenges. It's too harsh in hurling. Same as hurling, it'll be too harsh or it'll be fine. It's one, two, shorter, shorter. So, no, I, I, I definitely would be in favour of that, all right? Yeah, for sure. The refs, the refs would definitely be happier. I'm just laughing there. He's, obviously, we played Kilkenny in a challenge last year with Dublin and obviously, you know, Philly Larkin was a fairly hard-hitting operator and mm. his brother refereed it, blowing James Stevens one Sunday morning. And it became apparent after about three or four minutes that he had no interest in blowing the whistle and it was unbelievable like both teams came off after just going jeez like that's how it should be played like like there was no one injured there was no one hanging. it was hell for leather below I'd say there was three frees in the whole game and it was just class you know but the yeah, frustration is you go out to play a game the week after and all those challenges get pulled well they they do because that's the rules you know and look the, like I know the challenge that say uh, the Kamogi Association would throw back on the likes of myself as well you're the coach you've to, you should be adapting your style to what the rules of the game are and look that's that's fair enough as well but I think like in defence of the referees, and on you hit the nail on the head there. Like the referees would prefer if the rule was more black and white because in a split second, right, in a game in Crow Park with thirty or forty thousand people screaming at you, you have to make this decision, and it can be real fine margins between what's allowed and what's not allowed. Not allowed. So, like, it's very difficult for for the referees. So, like, this is not an anti-referee thing by any stretch. We're, we're acknowledging no. that it's that it is difficult for them. But I think, and look, it's not unique to Camogie either. Like, look, ladies football at the top level, every single championship year, it's the charging rule. You know, and it's the most frustrating thing, and it's so hard for the referees to interpret. You know, and and teams are really well coached to manipulate the rule, and it's very difficult for the referees to, to um, to uh, to, to decipher what is and what isn't a foul. So, like, like in anything, like the evolution of the game, should look if it's a if it's a controversial rule, let's just make it easier to implement, or let's remove it altogether. You know, that that would be my feeling on it. But yeah, which your analyst had on this time round. Yeah. Talk to me about good cork are getting puck off puck outs successfully away. Oh, uh like like in, in any level hurling camogie, Cork's puck out matches up against anyone. It is um it's top class. It's 
it's slick they're going to set up like a double cluster uh, they cluster their midfielders close to goal and they cluster four or five forwards around the 45 um, and it's not it's not easy to mark because we've all seen this cluster puck out has become a thing now in Hurling and teams cluster in and break but Cork used the screen very well so I don't know whether they have a basketball coach in or whatever it is but they, they're, they're able to slide across and block the tackler and then the runners will come from all angles out of the cluster um, so their, their movement and their organisation is class really really good and anyone who's watching the game on Sunday I'd encourage them to watch the restarts because they're so slick but having said that then it's fine Any anyone can go out and organise that like in Amy Lee they have a keeper that has the talent and the vision to actually put really it like off Nicky Quaid, you have to be able to execute yeah Amy Lee's able to execute it all she's a very 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 talented player and like she's excellent at hitting the grass you know and I think a lot of a lot of average goalkeepers will try and hit a player or, or put it down on top of a top of a group of players but like she can hit the space and Cork are excellent at creating the space Amy's excellent at hitting it and it's very very hard to contract and they try and get Fiona Keating on the puck out try and get Saoirse McCarthy on the puck outs and if you're scrambling after setting up your, your puck out defence and the next thing Fiona Keating has the ball in her hand running at you and Sears McCarthy has the ball in her hand running at you like they can really punch holes in the defence when they when they get it right and they, they're very very slick like for, for any of the coaching uh, geeks out there that are trying to trying to learn for uh, implementing their own teams I think watching the Cork Camogie puck out is something you should definitely be doing yeah it's really good I talk to James Gale and Anthony nationally every week these guys, these guys <laughs> love this they'll be sitting on Sunday not to watch the game they'll yeah. be there to watch how the puck out <laughs> both teams yeah it's got have all the stats on it anyway. he would um, <laughs> Anya you kind of alluded earlier on you gave water for the shout in this I mean Cork I think are understandably favourites going into it but who do you think is going to be lifting the O'Duffy Cup around 7 o'clock on Sunday I think it's very hard to call it, to be honest. Um, just because I think it's only going to be a one or, one or two-point game uh, either way. To be honest, I don't think I can call it um, because like Waterford looked very good the last day and like, I, we know Cork is, is able to do as well. So, from personal experience. So, I don't know, to be honest, but um, I just think, you know, 15 will start the game, but it's the next five that are going to be crucial. And I just think Cork will have more benefit off the bench. I, I think they'll just be that bit stronger to see out the game. Like I think Adrian would agree, would agree with me when I say the roar when Ashley Thompson came on the last day was immense. Like it was just so over yeah, it was overwhelming to us. So for them, when they see her coming on, or maybe she might start, I don't know. But um when the likes of her or the corner maybe, uh Laura Hayes, whether she starts or not, um, uh, you know, it's 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 gonna be very very hard to call up. I just think their five subs would probably just be a bit more beneficial to them than Waterford's. Now let's take not away from Waterford subs either. Mm. You know, they also have good players, but they're just a bit younger. So I wouldn't like to call it, but I definitely think it'll be one or two points either way. Um, I think it'll be a great game either way, and, and it's good. It's great for Camogie. Like this is this is like Waterford are really whether it was Waterford Tipperary that that won that game. Um, it's new it's week. new and it's fresh I know you want to be playing yeah. an All-Ireland final but at the same so, time to have a team who haven't been there for 78 years is great exactly and Tipperary haven't got to final I'm going to say in 7 years 8 years so whoever won that game it was going to be someone new it was going to be someone fresh and it was going to be great for Camogie so um, yeah look at it obviously for Waterford I would love to see them win it just because it's 75 years since they got to an All-Ireland final uh, is that 75 years since they won it I'm not sure but um for them, it would be absolutely massive, and it would be massive for Camogie, but the Cork have done all the hard work and, uh, and getting through the groups, uh, getting through the group they've got through and getting through Kikini and ourselves, they've really earned their spot in that order final, no more than Watford have. So, 
yeah, it'll be very interesting, but I'd say it'll only be one or two points, one or two points either way. I don't think I can call it, but um, I'm hoping for the UI girls that they do very well and maybe have the, maybe have the Duffy Cup come back to Waterford. I don't know, but uh, yeah, see how it goes. Beautifully democratic at the end. <laughs> um, I would take again being close and being down to two points by the end of it. Yeah. Where are you going? Um, look, I think. I suppose it just popped into my head there and, and Anya was saying there about you know Waterford and being in the final for so long I suppose there was probably plenty of conversations exactly the same as the one we've just had when Meath were in the ladies football final two years ago you know, they weren't long up out of intermediate and it kind of nearly fluked the semi-final with a couple of late goals and maybe people were saying geez isn't it great that Meath are there and next thing two years later they've two of them back to back and you know Waterford could be like that um, I think it's going to come down to how Waterford approach it I think Um if they push up 15 on 15 to try and counteract like Laura Tracy like we spoke about earlier um, to try and counteract the pl- attacking platform that she gives them then they need to be reliant on Kate Lynch and Vicky Faulkner to handle Amy O'Connor and Katrina Mackey in the space in Croke Park I think that's 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 one thing if they don't if they decide to play a sweeper um, I think I'm not sure that they have the athleticism around the middle third to handle Cork's running game so Look, I'd love Waterford to win it. I've nothing whatsoever against Cork. I think the the old romantic in me would love to see Waterford come through. And you know, as I said, like I've had a By lot. By the way, nobody in Cork is going to care that half the country's probably thinking it would be great for Waterford to win. <laughs> yeah, they're going up to win. That's they don't right. care what yeah. they say. No, Cork, Cork don't care what anyone thinks outside the borders of Cork. It is so it is all all the one. But uh, look, as I said, I've had great times over the years with, with the with the likes of uh, Beth and and Annie and Kate Lynch and all them. Um, but I just think that whatever way Waterford approach it Cork will be comfortable in either scenario like they're used to playing with an extra player to back they're used to playing with that space in the full forward line they know what to do in the different scenarios they're very well coached they have a really strong bench there's nothing really in it that's telling me that Cork won't win it um, despite what the what the heart or what the romantic in me might say so I think I'll go a small bit more than on you I think Cork by three or four I'd say Okay, well, the finals this weekend. It is a triple header at Crow Park. The first game will be the Premier Junior final, ten to one, Clare against Tipperary. Intermediate decider is Meath against Derry at a quarter to three, and the senior decider is the All Munster clash of Cork and Waterford from five pm. Anya, Adrian, thanks a million. No worries, thank you. Thank you.